You've heard episode 41 of Soccer Cards United, but you had questions. That's okay. We have answers. Welcome to Postcards United for episode 41. Uh, this is the Q&A show where you send in your soccer card questions on a postcard. You get your soccer card answers on a podcast. My name is Jason. I'm one of the hosts. The other host is called Enzo. Enzo, for the first time in a little while, you're uh, you're Zooming me from your uh, office, from your day job. Uh, tough week in work. Is that why you're there late? Yeah. Um, to be honest, they have me working. I'm going to have a shit month. And that's kind of being compounded by a busy soccer card United month. You know, just a lot happening basically, and also the world's opening up as I get busy, which is disgusting. Like, what's the? Like, it's. I mean, I'm not in a bad form, but I'm like, I'm kind of in disbelief. I'm kind of laughing at the situation I find myself in. Yeah, you're kind of laughing because it looks like if you weren't laughing, you'd be crying, kind of thing. Yeah, because like, you're choosing to laugh. The work I'm doing requires my laptop to be tied into the work. Like, I can't mess with my laptop. I can't do anything with it, and that is as I just found out my second laptop, which I got, does not function. So. I have to podcast from work this week and probably, to be honest, this month, probably. Great. It's not great. Okay, because that, that means then, that means I have to, I have to get home from work. A bit faster, not skip your dinner if you, unless, or eat skip, fast. Yeah, I got to skip my, it doesn't matter. It's okay. That's a, that doesn't matter. So Enzo, this is the Q&A show, but I want to start off with um, just a couple of things that I have. Yeah, 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 yeah. Interesting. Nice twist of events yeah. there, Jason. Yeah, well, somebody, like, oh, it's a Q&A show, but I have my own things to talk about here. right? I have quick. my own things, because I recently we were talking about um, Panini 365 yeah. uh, from 2017-2018. And I was talking about how uh, Dusan Vlajevic has a Partizan Belgrade sticker, and I think it's in that set. And then I, w- I never actually pulled the trigger and got one. And then Classic Jason. I just was, the cat's out of the bag. Just, He's gone to the moon. Other people are talking about him. He's becoming this kind of common name in the hobby as an alternative to Haaland, of all things. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wonder where they found that info from. Anyway, so um, on Thursday, we heard from Jack. Jack in Australia. Uh, and Jack messaged me and he, he said, Long time listener. Uh, just curious about the Panini 365 box you were talking about the most recent PCU episode did you end up getting any no I didn't Jack and I didn't get any over the weekend either because of this next little bit that Jack says he says I could be wrong hold on Jack kind of prevented you from pulling the trigger kind of yeah okay continue Jack says I could be wrong but from what I've seen only the Eastern European version have the Partizan team set and therefore have Dusan Vlajevic that's fun. Like, Panini are really weird, aren't they? They're very weird. There's like an Eastern European version. variant of the of the 365. Which or, is true because I've seen them all from Serbia. But then I just thought, but that's because that's where he's Serbian. That's where part of, that's where Belgrade is. Mm. That's what so the I don't know. Is. So what I'm doing is I'm, I'm, I did, I'm looking to crowdsource. Can anybody corroborate Jack's theory? theory. Oh. Yeah, because I couldn't find... Yeah, and you don't want to be responsible for a lot of people buying some 365 stickers with nothing in them. Like, you know, no Partizan Belgrade in them. No, but look, listen, if it did turn out that we all bought them and we didn't know and now we do know, let's just agree, you know, the few hundred of us that are on here in the podcast, let's just agree we just won't tell anybody else and we'll just... Oh, just hold the wax and sell it? We'll just hold the wax Jesus, and we won't tell anybody Jason. else what happened to this. No, this week <laughs> and last week on PCU, this will be kept... You know, between the uh, Soccer Card United uh, OGs. Oh, no. Get Ken to pump them. Uh, yeah, we'll do something. Just let's, you know, 
someone get onto us and tell us what happened with that and then when we figure out what's going on we'll bit come up with a plan and I'll tell you next week on the show oh god um, the other thing Enzo is I got uh, a few of my Futera cards in the post oh yeah we've seen them I still need to post them on, on actually on, on Instagram you sent me the photos I've been busy I'm sorry I know I you sent know a few days ago listen we need we need co-ownership of this social media continue so listen right I had them and the, the plan with the with the Futera cards that I got is I'd like one or two of them to pay for all of them that's my, mm. my plan I've seen a couple of them the of five gold frame ones going for like you know maybe 200 300 uh, euros or pounds and a bit more than that in dollars and so I listed Bukayo Saka and Emil Smith Rowe just to see oh just to see people li- yeah Liam Delap is up there for like 950 dollars because no one's get, I don't want anyone to buy Liam Delap I just want to show everybody that I have a Liam Delap and that he's <laughs> out there um uh, but the Saka and the Mills with Raw, I was like, if one of them sold and paid for the two of them, that wouldn't be a bad, you know. And I'm hoping that Smith Rowe sells and I get to keep Saka. Anyway, so I put Mills Smith Rowe up for $600 and uh, Saka up for $750. Now, obviously, I know I'm not going to get anything like that, but I just want to see, you know. But it's also anyway. like it's gold frame, it's of five. Like, you only need a small bit of demand to get that gone. Yeah. And I'm kind of thinking, like, you know when you don't really want to sell something short-term, so you put it on a big price on it, and you think, well, if someone comes in with a big price, yeah, that'll yeah. convince me. But otherwise, common hobby thing, right? This guy, I won't say who it is, but this guy on eBay, back and forth with me the whole time over the weekend, offering me $100, offering me $110, offering me $150, offering me, it gets to $210, right? Yeah. And I finally just say no. Like, stop not, disrespecting me. Stop. Stop disrespecting me. It cost, now, it cost me $105 US to buy this, right? Yeah. So he's thinking, I'm doubling your money. Anyway, I hear nothing from him then. Then I get a message on eBay today on the Saka. And he sent this message. Mate, you know your price is not realistic. It just doesn't sell this high. You're already making double what you paid. Holding out for more means I will try to buy one of the other five still on the market. Look at the Liverpool cards for Futera. Nobody pays more than 200 to 300 for these cards. Arsenal or Liverpool, ever. It's Futera. Right, which, funny to add, it's Futera at the, at the end. <laughs> um, so I kind of got that, and I was like, okay, I mean, I get what he's saying. Um, but a couple of things. Like, I kind of just thought, like, it's, you know, I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to argue with him. Like, I'm not going to get offended. I'm just going to, here, here's my response. I said, hey, mate, thanks for the message. I appreciate the feedback. I've listed the card with a high buy it now because I'm not pushed for a quick sale and I'm looking to gauge the interest. Saka is a class little player and Futera are gaining a bit more respect as time goes by. The dollar is trading very poorly against the euro. So between <laughs> that, exchange fees, eBay and PayPal fees and postage, I'm actually nowhere near doubling my money on t- at 210 US dollars, but that's beside the point. I hope you get a good deal elsewhere and let's hope Saka keeps it up next season. All the best, Jason, right? Oh, Fair Jesus. response from me? Shocking response. I would never put that kind of effort into an eBay response for someone that has been a little bit strange, so I like it. Yeah. Then he comes back. Salty. He goes like this. I guess I'm just annoyed because people bought this car with no intention to keep it, whereas I tried to buy one of the entire set and I missed out on this one. I'm not. Lo- yes, I'm not looking to pay more than double for it. Whether it's Saka or not, Futero will never be more than the third tier company in card collecting. I've been collecting them since before I can remember, even now. They still suck for retail in the long term. Resale. 
Yeah. Yeah. Re- what did I say? Retail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. They still suck for resale in the long term. So this oh. is a man that I'm led to believe is a Futera collector who's trying to convince me that Futera is of no long-term value. Yeah, or at least an Arsenal collector and he's willing to buy Futera, but he also wants to point out that Futera doesn't mean anything. Well, he says, Futera never more than a third-tier company in character. And I've been collecting them since before I can remember. Oh, yeah. So what are you, some sort of third-tier collector? Like, who would say that? You know, people do... Here's the funny thing. A lot of people in the hobby actually do be, say, like, oh, I just need this for my collection. I'll never sell it again. Like, this, this is for me. I hate all this snaky shit. Can I have a deal? And, like, 90% of those fuckers straight on eBay for a little profit. Like, fuck off. Like, shock him. I guess I'm just... Yeah, you should have been faster buying one. Yeah. Because, like... And here's the thing as well. It's like, he's saying, I'm annoyed that someone bought this car with no intention to keep it. But if I've listed it at that price, I've just explained to you that the reason I've listed it at that high price is because I do intend to keep it. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to see what the interest is, what the vibe is. Yeah. That doesn't necessarily mean you intend to keep it. That no, but I intend to keep it until... The right yeah. value. Yeah, it's it's shocking. Like it's, it's, it's a case of you have what he wants and he doesn't want to spend enough money to actually get it because he doesn't think it's worth that value. And then that's it. That's So sorry, it's not bro. worth it to him. So there you go. There you, there you go. It's but worth I, I more to you than it is to him. Yeah, because I think there's more than him out there. Because you can add to the people that have the card. That number can increase. But the number of people who... Or the number of people who want the card can increase. But the number of people who have the card... Stays at six. Stays at six. Yeah, no, so he, he needs to chill out. But I I just, you know, maybe maybe reflect. Maybe maybe feel a little bit guilty. Like, oh, no. But then I thought it's so good that Futera have moved to this Futera Selector thing where you have to enter a raffle now to get their cards. Any cards? Yeah, I think so from now on. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I like that. Um, so, because like that was the big thing with this unique live set was like fastest finger first. God, if you had a little a little method, like you could kind of jump in and get them. Like, Yeah, I never. So, anyway, that's all I had to start the show. I'm sure there's questions from people. Yeah, I'm going to hop into questions. That. I don't think I have too much. One guy, my own little eBay story, some guy hit me up. I had two Ferran Torres 365 stickers from his days in Valencia and um, rookie season. He scored his hat trick, and I had two. Yeah, did, you see, did you see that scorpion kick against Newcastle? Oh, don't get me started. Right, that was a good goal. Scored a hat trick. I had two Panini three six fives up for three uh, for nine fifty, and this dude hit me up and goes, "Can you do a better deal?" And I said, "Listen, you can have the two for six quid, six euro, three euro a sticker." And then he goes, and I said, "I have a few more if you're interested." He goes, "How many do you have?" And I think I had eighteen in total. So I said, I have 18. Then he sent me a message, right? Yeah, volume. Hashtag you know volume. Me. You know me. You know me. This like really <laughs> obscure 365 sticker from... But yeah, I have volume, you know? So my guy have 18. And he sends me a message like, okay, let me know like what happens when I buy in volume. Then he goes, for example, two equals six, three equals question mark, four equals question mark. And I was like... That's volume. Volume pricing is what that is. And I was like, bro. I just ignored him, to be fair. Because I was like... I'm not giving you lower than three euro a fucking sticker for a 21 year old starter for Spain who just scored a hat trick for Manchester City and who has a crazy career on his way. You're not getting them cheap. Three euro is come on now. That's come the, on. that's the uh, price floor, I believe they'd call that. That's the floor. So I just like didn't respond to that message because I was like, "Suck my dick," right? Because I'm like, I'm not. I don't even want to sell them for three euro now. I'm like, I don't even. I'll get more. You don't want to do business with this guy anymore. He's annoyed you. He's annoyed me, and then he just kept messaging me all weekend question mark and I, I couldn't i think i need the desktop to block him can't do it on my phone for some reason and 
again, my laptop tied up in work, so I couldn't actually get to it. So I couldn't even block him. He kept question marks, question marks, question marks. Then he asked me again. Then he goes, then he eventually gets to, he sends me an offer for the two for six euro. And he goes, we had an agreement. And I'm like, bro, fuck off. So did you sell him the two for six euro? No, he rejected that shit fast. And up oh. the price, I doubled the price to like an unrealistic price just so he'd leave me alone. I haven't heard back wow. since. Right, eBay people are a problem. But listen, here's the thing that I sometimes worry about, Enzo. Yeah. What if those two people that we were talking about on eBay, what if they were, what listen. if they're now listening to this current oh, I hope podcast? He is. What? I hope he is. Fuck you. But no, no, no. But not. Don't say fuck you. Fuck you oh, is not sorry. productive. Fuck you doesn't get us anywhere. Like doesn't get doesn't progress us in any way. Oh, what right. should he have done in that situation? He should have said, "If I buy eighteen, can I get a lower price?" As a, like the way he sent it was literally like he made a fucking table of three equals six. What just for like you know circle? I think equals- I think the problem was he wanted you. He was putting too much work on you he was kind of saying like give me a full table and let me which is something that's common in ebay buyers he's saying fully itemize this for me let me know and then i'll pick some number between 2 and 18 that i want to spend and for me it the audacity at that just because it was already just reduced down to three euro yeah and you think you're getting more like i'm not going to the post office to give you a card for a euro it's like when someone comes along and says you know What's the lowest you can go on this? Or like, um, what do you think this would be, you know, uh, do you think this would be more valuable than it? It's like, you're asking me this in an eBay message. That's not my job. Yeah. No. Anyway. I think people, I have another, like, I'm not, uh, we're going to get to the questions, but like, the way eBay's resolution center is set up has created a really, really toxic buyer group because people really do feel like they can do whatever the fuck they want because they'll get their refund if they want their refund. You know, there is this kind of, you know, I just don't think you have difficult buyers on any other platform the way you do on eBay, if you're an honest seller, you know? Yeah. Well, do you think think there's something to do with the fact that, like, you can kind of, everyone hides behind their eBay username? Yeah, I think if you were attached to a real name, that would change it a little bit. I think that's for everything. But it's like, some people are just a little bit too confident in in the fact that ebay are and then like i don't know because some people's accounts are being shut down left right and center from ebay but i've, I've interacted with so many i'll give you hey, here's one actually we're a tangent to start the show francesca sold an amad diallo right right on ebay to a guy in australia right and it arrived two weeks later but ebay said it was going to take 12 days right so it took 14 days this okay. dude met instead of like, he opened a case at 12 days opened a case said this has not arrived message and then the case gives you a few days to message back and she had sent yeah. it without tracking because it was like nine euro and i said all right don't respond yet delay because i think there's like you get five days or something. yeah so i was like just wait because it might show up you know mm-hmm. and then a day later she goes enzo he closed the case and i said unreal and then she found out he left negative feedback and the negative feedback was i got the card late what? And yeah, he got his card late from Australia, bear in mind, right? Australia, he's in, buying from Ireland. Got the card two days late. And late because eBay said it would be there by the 12th, but it was there on the 14th, you know? And you don't set the eBay. Like, if you go on desktop, you can set it on your app. You don't fucking set it, right? And he decided, he was like, yeah, he left negative feedback. He was like, card arrived late. And then um, he also said, and buyer didn't respond to my message to put me at ease. No, seller didn't put me at ease by responding to my message. 
So like mm. he's literally, he left negative feedback because he didn't get a message along the lines of, it's a global pandemic. You live in Australia. What the fuck is wrong with you? Like he needed someone to put in so much work in a message. He needed to be and coddled. It, and instead of sending a message being, yo, what's the story? He opened a case. Like there's a difference. There's, there's such a difference. He, so he, he escalated case. it. He uh, moved aggressively. Right? Francesca had sold him two cards, two Diallos, or two different, like a few days after, right? So she messaged back eventually said like, you know, like a very polite compared to what she should have said she was basically like yo what the fuck and she's like i'm just to let you know like she's basically it was the weekend that's why i haven't got back to you ebay told me i had three days to respond or whatever and i was gonna message you and the same thing is probably gonna happen with the other card you purchased because i didn't set the date on that so you can expect that to also be delayed you know to ease your fucking worries there and then he opens a case on the second card saying it hasn't arrived and he wants a refund Nah, nah. So how the fuck did the first card like? I know your address. I sent them both the same way, same post office. The first one got to you. Second one doesn't. And of course, eBay are like, "Where's the tracking number? Suck a dick, you know." And like, even just to leave negative feedback, just the outrage. And then well, eBay. No, do you know? Do you know what this is, Andrew? This is a problem. Like, this is a problem. Few problems, right? One is the internet is bad. Is really bad for this. Like, like the the idea of like online global trade, the online global marketplace. Um, because the interfaces are slick okay I know on eBay it's not super slick but because it's kind of easy to do it from your laptop mm-hmm. um, it gives people a kind of a, a fantasy world to play around in like going back to this guy he's in Australia right Yeah. Australia Crazy. like is very far away from Ireland it takes a long time to get stuff to there you know yeah we know that um, we know that like but it always has like it just all like even like product releases like like kettles and toasters and stuff like will come out like six months 12 months later in australia because they have to i don't know why but they just like it's i don't understand why they don't like australians know that like but maybe young australians like internet digital native australians aren't as like i have relatives in australia who are like older they've been living in australia since the 70s (laughs) and they know about being in australia like they've heard do you know what i mean yeah, do you know what? Like, it's it's but, also so, a global pandemic on top of that already. Yeah, right. It's a global pandemic, and also it's like this guy talking to me about my Futera card, saying you've doubled your money because he sees the sticker price, and then he's like, "You paid this sticker price," and it's like, "Yeah, but this is in dollars." I'm. If you what you pay on eBay is not what I get, we're not doing like it's not fantasy, it's not monopoly. We're not doing like play money, like you know. There are mm-hmm. things, there are con. It's like the dollar is down ten cent on the euro where it was a year ago. That's a real fact of life. You the fact that you see the price on eBay has no bearing over the dollar exchange rate. <laughs> but I'm yeah. allowed to consider it. Yeah, you're allowed to get a bit philosophical and economical with it. I'm just saying. I, I just I don't like when people say like oh, why isn't everything the exact same as it is, like, in my fantasy internet world? Yeah. But, like, this ties in as well. I guess this is where, like, eBay as a marketplace has shortcomings. It's obviously such a good place to get eyes on you and da-da-da-da. We need an alternative. The likes of ComC is great, but at the same time, I want to sell my card today. I don't want to ship it to you, wait six months, and then sell it. You know? Yeah. Um, And also there's less eyes on it. And I think that's obviously where grading cards also comes into play more. You know, I think a lot of the people that are really hard into it are like, yeah, I don't fuck with raw cards because I sell a PSA 9. There should be no bullshit, you know? Yeah. To anyone, but anywhere. I, I think so also like... eBay is so big and it's not trading card specific. 
No, I know that. But like, even I'd say maybe even you'd get less bullshit selling graded cards only on eBay because in that case you're most likely always tracking it because you're never probably selling a super cheap card or sticker. Um, But even tracking like with, um, and this is something that a lot of e-commerce like people, people that run e-commerce, but like small businesses online. Yeah. It's like this uh, Amazon phenomenon. Amazon has just like fucked up e-commerce for everybody else because you're expected to do what Amazon can do at like the like a galactic scale. You know, yeah. like, like Amazon can like track everything, have everything shipped to you in one day, two day, can offer you this, that, the other returns, the, the drone delivery, all that stuff, you know? Like, and you're kind of like expected to keep up with that if you want to yeah, compete they with have Amazon. Crazy volume, my favorite word, and yeah. super scale. So, you know, it is. You and Jeff Bezos will get on very well. No, I don't know if we would. I think I'd be bitter. Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess it's like a state of the nation. Like, there's some issues out here with the the marketplace with with buyers, and I guess that's kind of where you want to just cultivate a community of good people in one space that are looking to buy and sell. Um, problem with that is, you know, when you get into discords, you always then start hearing people scammed, and, and you know, there's so much bullshit in the hobby, so much opportunists. I think I'd like like a social media kind of platform. Everyone has to be verified. Photo. Um, you can put up what cards you're looking for and what price you're willing to pay. Yeah. People put up what they have. You know, you follow them, you see their full collection, you see the price. You know what I mean? Like something... Because even yes. eBay, eBay isn't like that. Like it's not a community of people. Like I know some people from social media's eBay accounts and it still doesn't... Like if I click onto what they're selling, it doesn't feel like I'm looking at, you know, a marketplace or, you know, I'm looking at someone's collection that they're selling. It just looks like a bunch of like you know random listings that are kind of fucked like but then you do that and it's like okay but that would only work well if everything's graded because it removes the whole oh the condition and because mm. like i don't really know jason I'm, I'm frustrated with it because i think there's so much here for the hobby but i do think it is like when, when francesca got that negative feedback she literally said i don't want to sell anything anymore because you know time effort work went into that and then some wanker in australia is like Oh, this didn't arrive in 10 days. Negative feet. And it fucking arrived then two days later in good condition, cared for. You know, that's yeah, but it's also like, I, I, It's also like, I know we're kind of picking on the Australians here and that's not... Oh God, that's not what this is. That's not what this all. is. It actually has nothing to do with Australia at all. It's just an example. But like also, what what reminded me of what you were saying about Francesca We have a lot Amazon. of Australian listeners. No, way. I know. And we love... I know, but this genuinely isn't... No, it genuinely isn't. And... um. Like one of the things, well, I was gonna say about the like Amazon Amazonification of like the mark internet marketplaces is customer service. It's like everyone is like, I gave you money, you work for me. Do you oh know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like it's like it's just the commodif- commodification is the word. It's like I gave you five euro, therefore you have to answer me at three o'clock in the morning if I send you a message, or I'm going to report you to eBay. It's like, sir, I don't yeah. operate a call center. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I have a whole life happening. I'm an individual seller. This is a hobby. Yeah, I'm trying to chill. You're, you're being a psycho. Yeah, like if I play golf with somebody, and they, they win two euro, right, in a little side competition, they win two euro off me. They don't ring me at three o'clock in the morning and say, "Hey, you want me two euro?" It's like that's a hobby. Well, I'll see. I'll get you the next time we're on the golf course. Chill out. Yeah, relax. Anyway, I have. Yeah, listen, we have There's questions. questions. People ask questions. We're just on a twenty minute rant. Sherlock. The people love it. <laughs> I'm sure they. Oh yeah, they're definitely well, still the, listening after all that. 
Well, let's let's hop in. Okay, are you ready for this? I Moose hits us up. Jason says, "Hey guys, are vintage cards about to make a comeback? If yes, can can we expect? Wait, if yes, what can we expect? If no, what would be the reason it isn't? Also, love your freaking podcast. Thanks for the twenty twenty one knockout set. Keep up the great work. What a nice message." Mm. Vintage cards, have they made... I, I guess me and you are kind of in the same boat of like, have they dropped off? The only vintage... It's not even vintage, really. The messy mega cracks that I have in PS... That's not vintage. P, P, I know, but I'm just going to call modern. it... That's modern. Fuck you. Fine, fine, I'll avoid. <laughs> I know it's not vintage, but... I have not paid too much attention to vintage. I feel like you're about to go on a big rant about how you, you call I've already this. done the rant. I've already done the rant. You don't, wanna, you don't even want to talk about it? Well, I've already, well everyone knows... If you went, it was a soccer cards and chill. That's the soccer one. Soccer cards when, and chill, yeah. Our soccer cards and chill, Jason. Um, there's actually a comment on that video that says this is one of the better vintage versus modern uh, debates I've ever heard. Um, Jason really broke it down on that, the soccer cards and chill. In general, I don't even know how to put yeah, it. Yeah, in general, words. it's you have to ask yourself with vintage, is like, why would anyone care? Someone's getting into soccer, if we assume that one of the reasons soccer market's going to grow is that people are getting into soccer right now. They're going to get into the people that they see doing it right now. They're not going to... There's so much football. If you look at... Right, say someone got into football in December. They follow the Premier League, bit of La Liga, the Champions League, the Euros, the Copa America. The same again next season. The World Cup in 2022. Like, at what point are they going to have time to go back and watch, you know, the 1978 World Cup? Like, they're probably not going to do it unless they're, like, complete anoraks. Um, and how many of those complete anoraks are going to have money to to throw some liquid capital into the vintage market? I don't know. I will say the one thing that counts for vintage and why it might have a slight upturn is we're going to see higher graded pops for vintage. We're going to see how stuff is grading. And so the the vintage grading, the, the graded vintage market may take an upturn be, just because I think the raw vintage market was never going anywhere really because like the we have no of- idea... We have no, the state of it. Like, I mean, we have no idea. Is there good stuff out there? Is there not good stuff out there? But now we're getting more and more information. Slabs. Yeah. Um. I, I, yeah, I stayed away from vintage. I guess but that's it. You buy what you think you believe in. If you're sitting on 50 Dixie Deans and you're wondering when all the, the hype is going to come to Dixie Dean, I would say you're in for a long summer, long winter. But maybe someday. But again, yeah. Um. It really depends. Like, if you have the only PSA 10, then you're cooking and then you're in a, you're in a, conversation you know yeah or if there's not like if the if a psa4 is the highest there is and that's what you have and you have the psa4 then you just need one other collector yeah and he probably come in and tell you well i wasn't really hoping to pay more than the uh six shillings it went for in 1952 so you're doubling your profit here come on i want it you pay three shillings for it i want anyway yeah you need to get that to ken golden right so lewis hit us up jason and said after recent form does willock have a shout at the euros no, Lewis, come no, on, Lewis. what are you asking me? Lewis. I understand, Lewis has been championing Willick for a long time, and maybe this is his vindication, but listen, we were not around Lewis, back in the day. Lewis has asked that question just as an excuse to bring up Joe Willick. No, I know, no, I know, but listen, our boy Mason Mount is not, he's pumping Joe Willick. <laughs> our boy Mason Mount is not being knocked out with that starting lineup. Uh, Phil Foden, you know, untouchable as well. Like, he, yeah, you're Jude not, Bellingham, Declan Rice. Yeah, and like I think, I think what I think the stats was was it Willick has scored the same amount of goals, was it Foden or Mount? It was one of them, and people were kind of being like, "Oh, put some respect on Willick," but it's like 
No, like he just had a flurry. He's just hit a week of form, two weeks of form. Like he's a decent player, but he's not at the level of these boys. And he's certainly not going to get put in ahead of them at this stage or even on the bench, even with a 26-man squad is my show. No, I don't I don't think so. I think like Joe Willock, like a lot of the Arsenal youngsters, like has just been unlucky uh, with his opportunities. And like obviously he's had a good few weeks at Newcastle, clearly talented. If I was him, I would be looking at it going, wow, I could really make a name for myself at Newcastle, you know, maybe like at an Aston Villa or somewhere like that. Um, But yeah, no, I, I don't see him going to the Euros, but fair play to him. And fair play to Lewis for champion Joe Willock for all these years. Um, <laughs> for sure. He he knew he saw something something talented, something special, and he stuck with it. And I'm delighted. And listen, he could stick, stick at what he's doing and he could really, you know, make a shout then next season to be in the England squad, but... Not now. Too late. Too late in the day. I think even... I think Southgate is just yeah. too set on his squad. There's no well, chance... You wouldn't even, like, if you're Southgate, you wouldn't really be calling up anybody new at this stage. Anyone that he was going to call up. he like You don't want to bring a squad... You don't want to bring a 26-man squad to the Euros. And one of them doesn't really know the other 25. Like, Yeah, no. You, you need people feeling like the, the camp is, is gelled, is, is well acquainted. And, and just like vibe. the experience. Experience is so important. Like You can't be at the Euros and you've not made an appearance for your national team yet I mean you can no, but you know what I mean isn't like, there, aren't that's not ideal under 21 Euro or did they get knocked out of those I, I haven't kept up to date on that I think they might have done JP McIver Jason hit us up and said thanks for answering last week's PCU question you had asked him last week I'm getting in early for the next one yeah this was sent a while ago and I told him to remind me I've just heard Jason on the show saying Neymar's new contract sees him earn around 60 million euro per year um, surely this isn't sustainable. Are we at risk of football collapsing in the future if this goes on? And then would that ruin the hobby? Would be interested to hear your thoughts. Is the biggest risk to the hobby the financial bubble potential potentially of, of the game itself, Jason? It's a good question, isn't it? Um, I think it is. Yeah. I suppose, like... I think I think no I think we're okay and I'll tell you why because I think actually like looking at PSG's money um, Man City's money Chelsea's money counting people's then, pockets huh I'll be counting people's pockets I'm just saying uh, <laughs> and then you look at you know the debt of Real Madrid of Man United of Barcelona like um those those amounts those th- that money is has largely outstripped it's not based on anything it's not based on the tv deals it's not th- not based on distribution deals psg aren't paying neymar salaries because of tv money or of champions league money or of you know nine years of league uh winners purses like you know nothing like that it, so i think actually for the hobby, what would be good is if those salaries came down a little bit and the gap between the top spenders and the mid-spenders narrowed a little bit. I think the more Leicester Cities, the more uh, Sevillas, you know, the more Atalantas, uh, yeah. Lille, Borussia Dortmund, like the more of these clubs that are popular, that get a chance at, it, at, at going far in competitions, at winning competitions, the better for the hobby because it means that it's not just the same six teams uh, being talked about all the time. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I don't think, yeah, I don't think, like, even if, if the bubble collapses, like, I don't think, like, football's not collapsing. Oh, no, there might come a day where, like, the likes of a Neymar can only earn 20 million a year. I don't think that's going to 
you know, fuck up football forever, you know? I don't think anyone likes Neymar anymore because I don't think that they like him. They're any more fond of him just because uh, he earns that much money, you know? I, I don't think, I think yeah, like... And I don't think he'd stop playing football if it was 20 million. No. I, I, think, I think at some point they need to figure out a way of tying the amount of money you can spend to the amount of money the club has and not the amount of money that the owners have or the the, the board can borrow. Yeah. Um, so as I say, I, I think like a, a reform of financial fair play or whatever it is, a, a new, more restrained, more sustainable financial situation in football would be healthy for the hobby. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I also think, yeah, like in that case... Like, you're saying that they're not doing it for the league on titles. What are they doing it for? They're doing it to, like, push the agenda of Qatar. Is it Qatar? Yeah, but it's, yeah, sports washing, yeah. Yeah, so so, so it's like, surely financial fair play, one of the things that should come in to stop is the likes of that, you know? Yeah, you should say, like, you're, you're like, one of the, yeah, they're investing so heavily in PSG because they want to win the Champions League. Because they want, I mean, there was a, a, a really interesting interview with, um... Peter Lim, the fellow who owns uh, Valencia and uh, owns a little bit of Salford City as well, as far as I know. Um, but he uh, was talking about how football allows him... He's giving it to me the Financial Times and they were saying, like, you know, the fans hate you and all that stuff. And he was saying, look, football, it's my football club and football allows me to sit at tables. I think it was, he said it with, uh, with shakes, with mafiosi, with uh, oligarchs, with American businessmen, and we all sit around, and we talk about the pretenses football, I own this club, you own that club, you're a shareholder of that club, you're the chairman of this, that, and the other, um, but it's actually a, a, form, uh, a, for, a, a forum for international business, you know? Um, what are you not doing? Yeah, just the, the global, like, trade, to, it's like, you know, so I think that kind of needs to be looked at. You know, yeah. you don't want this like cabal of owners who are completely globalized, who are running around the world using this thing that people love. Like people in Paris love PSG, you know, yeah. um, and will be willing to legitimize the Qatari regime based on the fact that PSG are as good as they've ever been. Yeah, not good, not good. It's messy. There's something there to be looked at and financial fair play ain't doing it. Jason Benhood is up and said, what do you think about the museum-based rookies, Bellingham, Gravenberch, etc., Mukoko and whatnot? So, like, the non-autos, non... This is something that's actually interesting for me, because when I first came into the hobby, it was Obsidian that I first bought some cards off in terms of premium product. I thought they were so nice, but they never popped off. Like, no, they weren't, you know, I didn't buy mm. the right Obsidians or whatever, but I was like, damn, like, these in hand are so much nicer than a Panini Prism then a top scrum and I was like I don't understand it and I, I'd say the same for a museum obviously museum are a little bit thicker which could make them awkward but like why will a top scrum Mukoku be such a big deal compared to a museum Mukoku which is like an extremely premium extremely like luxurious card to have in hand something beautiful to display so yeah I don't fully understand it. I genuinely don't think the price of a Mukoku uh, museum that isn't autographed or patched which I don't think he has in the museum and um, would ever stand up to a top scrum if he's in top scrum Champions League or Bundesliga this year I don't see it matching up price wise but I also don't fully understand that beyond you know it's a flagship set you know yeah I'm not I'm looking at Haaland here Haaland's uh, 
museum from last season. Um, and eighty-one dollars most recent sale on the base for Haaland. Uh, looking down the, okay, there's one here went for one hundred ninety-eight dollars. Uh, last month. Um. Yeah, not that, not that. But here's a PSA ten. Haaland base best of recepted on three thousand four hundred ninety-five. I actually don't know what that really best went for. Is, yeah, um. What's the website to look it up? Yeah, uh, card snoop or one thirty point or card snoop. Card snoop. You need to be literally logged in. So one thirty point. You said. Yeah. Or sell the peak maybe is there's a lot and they all got to change recently because eBay changed the rules. But, like, true, cause I, but basically, I think I think it's almost like museum. The base just isn't like the base museum isn't the hit. It's almost like the fact that museum are so nice and the patches are so cool and the autos are so good and the patch autos are so good that the base museum is just kind of universally disappointing. Yeah, I know, but like once you get past that, it should be somewhat desirable more so than no, it is especially no. just in terms of aesthetics like i love all the museum cards that i that i have even the ones that are like i open the box and they're dud they're dud hits but they're nice you know yeah like they're beautiful um yeah there's something about the tops chrome and like it's weird because the tops chrome tend to have a lot of problems with print lines scratches and stuff like that same with prism but yeah the museum and the museums do have like the little chips and shit as well like they're not perfect but like it is like it's an interesting question um, I yeah. do think but here's look here's a, here's a couple of things right so there's like the 2019 of 99 uh, ba- like the base parallel of 99 yeah. in uh, PSA oh, one second oh, no, sorry no never mind I, I don't know this isn't working for me anyway look they're not that expensive and they're not <laughs> but that it is expensive. mad oh no no no, no. look sorry that Haaland that Haaland PSA 10 Actually went for two and a half thousand dollars. Still, it's a PSA ten Holland first. Yeah, I mean, yeah, listen, maybe that's it. But is that number their base? That's base. Okay, that's interesting. But I think it is also hard to get a PSA ten on a museum. I think that's what it is as well. They're they're, yeah. they're low pocket, as you say. They chip. They're big. A lot of people don't it's have also, the facilities, big man, to look after them well. Yeah, don't think you have the facilities. I don't think big you man. have the facilities, big man. I think. Um, <laughs> it's also sad to put like that in a slab. Like there's certain things I don't want in a slab, and like. I think museum is one of them. Maybe I need like I need to see one. In fairness, but um, museum is just so premium. I don't know. Yeah, interesting though. Interesting Jason, stuff. here's one for you. Okay. Kevin Burke hit us up and said, "Question for the podcast: Is Luis Suarez underrated in the hobby? And what do you think the best card of his is to buy?" Bearing in mind, he sent me this as soon as Luis Suarez got the. That's how I found out Suarez had scored that goal at the weekend. So, of course, Luis Suarez now has 20 goals in his first season for Atletico. He scored the winner uh, against um, Osasuna on Sunday evening uh, to keep Atletico within one win of the title. And, uh, yeah, uh, Diego Simeone had said in the uh, pre-match press conference that we were now entering the Suarez zone. uh, And then that turned out to be true. Luis Suarez is a high high class performer he once scored 40 league goals in a season for Barcelona in 2015 Fuck. Um, so I wouldn't he say a, he scored a yeah. high amount for Liverpool in his last or second last season huge amount huge amount um, and 
before he scored goals everywhere he went I think Luis Suarez isn't underrated in the hobby so much as it's a case of he's underrated just in football in general again because he has this reputation as being uh, a poacher and as being a bastard yeah so obviously there was there's been stuff where he's biting people and handball on the line in the World Cup handball on the line in the World Cup I think there's been a couple of maybe uh, little racist uh, (laughs) little racist racist things you know incidents that weren't proven or disproven I think Alleged, well, ra- yeah, racism, and uh, which, of course, if they were true, are disgusting. Uh, and, yeah, so I think he has a bad reputation in general. People kind of see him as a shithouse. Um, they see, when they look at, like, the Messi, uh, Neymar, Suarez trio, there's this assumption that Suarez didn't do anything particularly other than just stand there and finish the the passes, you know, which is not true. Um, no. He scored some amazing goals. So, as for his card, I don't know. I don't know what the best Suarez card is. I have, uh, obviously, all of his summer signings cards I now love for Atletico. <laughs> it was his first card in Atletico kit. And uh, I think, like, if, if Atletico win the league this season, I'll be, like, trying to get as many of the players from this season. Yeah, fair. Um, so, I'd love to know what the what the Suarez situation is. You know, I I agree with that. I don't, I don't know. I think I think Ajax might be his rookie. I can't remember. Yeah, I never I never went looking for it to be honest. I can't think of anything prior to. Oh, Ajax. here it is. Here it is. Oh. Um. There's an FC Groningen, uh, but it, it's one of those weird ooh. Dutch, home cooked, nah. uh, cards. Let's see. It's I'm looking at a BGS. Uh, what am I looking at? BGS eight point five. Pretty good. From the PWCC Vault, two thousand and six All Stars. Luis Suarez rookie. Let's have a look and see. See this, like it's magic, magic box uh, yeah, cards. You don't like that. You don't like that's that not box. my kind of thing. I want what I want. You is want an electrical, but that's actually a really interesting thing. Like your go-to is not to find a Luis Suarez rookie. You want no. a fucking premium Atletico Madrid Luis Suarez, probably from the first year, as opposed to like you know next year's ones or whatever. You want that as yeah, nice as you can, that's as limited as you can. But like that is an important thing because I think people. The rookie chase is huge, but I think that is an underrated um, section of the hobby. But it's high end. You can't get away with a Suarez base and think you're about to make a bank. You know, you need no. that high end shit. Jason. I'm looking, sorry, but I'm looking, he does, he does have a WCCF from 0708 in an Ajax kit. If anyone likes yeah. WCCF. But uh, no, I'd be looking for like a, like a patch auto or a patch or an auto. Yeah. Okay, Douglas hit us up and said, I have a question. What do you think about the club supporter postcards with handwritten autographs? Is there a market there? For example, I'm an Ajax supporter and here's a postcard of CM De Jong. Jason, I'm going to show you this because we're used to these postcards, but this one looks very fucking nice. Oh, that's lovely. Isn't it? Yeah. Um, It's interesting because it is an on-card auto, which you can't really sleep on. It is a bit like it doesn't feel like, you know, it feels like you're cheating almost, I guess. Um... I'm not into them, but I fully understand the potential value in them, especially if you support a little local club. Like, imagine you supported Malda and Malda were doing that and you had a Haaland handwritten Malda image card, postcard. Today, that would be crazy. You know, I think it just would be crazy. Um, But it's not, you know, it's not really... A rookie card is still defined as... um, A trading card. A trading card, but like produced by one of the big companies. Like that is actually like part of. I think PSA had a. There's a definition somewhere. L Ray gave me that, and I lost it. But there is 
specific criteria, but that'll always count as like a pre-rookie and it's super sick and an on-card auto is an on-card auto. But for example, you can email Dortmund, and don't DM me this because I don't know the full extent of it, but you can, Alex knows it well, you can um, DM Dortmund and get player, you know, for example, you could end up with an auto of Mukoku on-card auto, on-card, but it's a post-card thing. And I guess, yeah, like that's cool, but like, I'd honestly prefer a sticker auto trading card than an on-card postcard auto. Yeah, but I, is there a market for it? I think, yeah, maybe. It's one of those things like match tickets and stuff that I'm seeing a lot of people buy, but I'm not seeing a lot of people sell. Um, so I don't know. Like I, I, I think we, I think we have talked about it slightly before, like the memorabilia side of things growing alongside the trading card thing. Um, yeah. and I think I presume these these uh, handwritten postcard or hand signed postcards are going to rise as well. Um, but it's not my kind of thing. I like trading cards, you know, yeah. that's what I like. Um, so for me, like, that's what I'm, I'm into. I don't really like, uh, tickets. I don't really like, you know, postcards that are signed. I don't want to have anyone's boots or anything like that. Um, but there are people out there that will. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think also, like, I like the idea of like the card that you have being part of a set you know like there's a checklist like the checklist mm. is important like it's part of a set it falls in the line it came out as a thing like not in every case obviously and, and for yourself you have some signed jerseys jason i like a signed jersey but yeah it's just not for me but there's definitely a market there especially in that case like if you get a rookie that people are sleeping on but at the same yeah. time if it's someone huge like mukoko there could be so many postcards made because everyone knows the vibe like they know what it is they know who he is and what he could be I'm actually looking at some uh, Luis Suarez cards. They're amazing, amazing, amazing cards. <laughs> Stop um, that, Jason. Here, there's like if you're a Barca fan, like this is. Listen, like, wait until the. I'm, I can't wait. Last game of the season. You need don't buy any Suarez until you have a league title. No, okay? I won't. I won't buy anything. But I'm just saying, if I was a Barca fan, and you know this is so this is so typical of Barca fans that this hasn't sold yet, right? It's a it's an uh, SGC nine point five, and it's a quad auto from 2015 Donruss. It's Danny Jeez. Alves. It's off 25. It's Danny Alves, Gerard Piquet, Ivan Rakitic, and Luis Suarez. So it's like that mm. Luis, Luis Enrique treble winning team. But Barcelona fans are so thick that they're like, oh, Piquet and like Alves and Rakitic and Suarez, like, oh, they weren't even that good in that team. It's like, they want the... Are you... They don't know. They're spoiled. Spoiled brats. Jesus Christ. I Listen, no offense to Barcelona fans, but Jason is very, very bitter. He's, he's not talking shit about Real Madrid yet because he knows there's a game week to go. He's, he's taking his shots at Barcelona while they can't <laughs> Yeah, they're out of the title race. They're out of the title They're out of the back. Talking big. <laughs> <laughs> Next week, he'll be coming in and going, Dawes, fucking lost Blanco uh, Um, Jason. Yeah. Gideon Duke Cohen said, "Do you consider 2018 Prism World Cup set to be part of the 2017-18 season or the 18-19 season?" Neither. It's not part of a season. The, se- the season is a is a the season is a club. It's club football. So club football it's, takes place in seasons. Yeah. International tournament takes place in years. Yeah, because the tournaments are done within the same year. They're between the seasons. Yeah, between the seasons, in between, like if you're like, I think that's someone that is attempting to be like, um, is a rookie. Is, like, if I if I yeah, have a, yeah, if yeah, I have yeah, a yeah. twenty, whatever. What I know, yeah, exactly. Like, you don't have. I have this. If you have a 2017, 2018 select Mbappe, should it be worth more than a twenty eighteen Prism Mbappe? The only thing, one, it probably should, but the only thing I'd give it is that twenty eighteen should have weight to it because he won the World Cup that year. But the twenty seventeen eighteen 
Panini Select Mbappe is the earlier card. Right. I'm also pretty sure he's in a number 12 French French jersey, and I think in the World Cup he might have been in number 10. Maybe I'm off in saying that. I think he was, um, yeah. So there you go. And the 12, is obviously that was before. I'm pretty sure he was 12 until the World Cup. I don't, I don't know the exact time he went from 12 to 10, but I'm pretty sure the Panini Select has him in a 12, which was prior to when he was a 10. Anyway, yeah, Jason, I agree with that. That is the... Um, it's not It's not a season. That's but if it's, a, like, if it's a World Cup, you can kind of like... For instance, like with these Latani Ibrahimovic stickers that I have, yeah. I have his 2002 World Cup stickers, um, and obviously he has like I think a Panini football or however you say it in Dutch. Uh, he, no, he has a he has a Swedish. Are you ignoring that? What do you mean? He has a Malmo he has sticker. A, Sorry, he has a Malmo yeah, sticker, yeah, yeah. which is like impossible. You can't find that. No. Then there's like the. No, I think, then I think actually the next one is, uh, 2002, 2003. Um, football football, and then 2002 World Cup but 2002 World Cup you wouldn't say that's from the 2001-2002 season you just say it's from 2002 but it's earlier than the Ajax one so for me if you can't find the Malmo one the next thing is the the World Cup the World Cup sticker yeah 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 I agree with that yeah last question of the day I think Luis Berger says hey guys question for this week's Postcards United can you walk through your process for pricing cards? I'm really interested in knowing when the overall market is up or down and when an individual player is up or down. Right now, I have a De Bruyne card that's number to 10, and I have no system for knowing whether it's a good time to sell or not, other than my intuition that he's about to head into a Champions League final and the star of the Belgian team at the Euros. Could you walk us through your pricing process and maybe give some examples for us to emulate? Cheers for, cheers and thanks for the great content. Terrible that I opened this up without being able to pre-plan it. So that's a mistake on my part, which I am going to change soon. Going back to a written format. We'll talk about that next week. <laughs> um, not doing an on-air production meeting. That's an interesting one. So intuition is a huge part of it. Jason, you've obviously spoke about listing it really, really high and seeing what you get. This is actually something I'll say. I fucking never go with the auction. Mm. I just feel uncomfortable with it. I always, instead of an auction, if I have a card that I don't know the value of, I put it up really, really, really high with a best offer. And to be honest, it never really seems to work well. I'm sure an auction would do a better job, but like not even necessarily better, too much risk with auction. I don't like that. Um, especially if I'm not using eBay, if I'm on like the Irish eBay. But like for me, in, yeah, as soon as a player heats up, I get I get selling them. Like in, in the way I operate is obviously I buy volume of players I believe in, players that are like specific cards to them, obviously, that are like the go-to get like ones to buy. And I just wait until their time comes. So in your in your case, that's interesting with De Bruyne because right now could technically be the time to sell because people are going to bank on him potentially winning the Champions League. Um, I would say because of the Euros, you're in a decent spot to wait for the Champions League final. I would wait. In that case, I'd wait for Champions League final and he, if he is the star of the show... Do not be like, oh, and he'll do that for Belgium too. No, 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 no. Sell now. Let someone else gamble yeah. that he'll do it for, Be- for Belgium. You know, you've hit the peak. Like Kingsley Coman, you know, when, when he scored that goal, that was a sell time if you happen to have him. Um, yeah, like my own examples, I definitely have some examples. So Jude Bellingham scored the goal against City. That was ruled off VAR and then his price went up because he had a really great, great game. And then the following week, this was City, wasn't it? Oh my often saying mm-hmm. that. The following week, he scored against City. I moved every Jude Bellingham tops now that I had because there was a peak in interest. Do I think Jude Bellingham's not going to be a fantastic player in the future? 
no, I 100% do believe that. Do I give a fuck? Not really. Because mm. I'm not backing him the way I'm backing other players. But then again, there's my other example, Erling Haaland. Erling Haaland got a brace in the Champions League against Sevilla. A brace, I think, against Bayern Munich in the league. And they lost that game, I think. And then got a brace again against Sevilla. And his uh, foosball sticker went flying up. I, I'd, I'd seen it prior, like last year pretty much, at 300. And then it was really 200 for months. Went up to like 500, 600. I started moving. And I believe... I believe in Haaland as much as anyone. That's why I had such a volume of foosball stickers. But when you're offering me 600 euro for a sticker, it's time to fucking move them. Like the hype is at a peak. He's not going to win the Champions League. Sell, sell, sell. And that doesn't mean that he's not going to have a crazy career. Like I could have long-term them as well. Doesn't mean that he'll never win the Champions League. Doesn't mean they'll never win the Champions League. Doesn't mean he's not going to move this summer or next summer to a huge club. Doesn't mean he's not going to be the... F- Doesn't mean that foosball sticker is not going to eventually sell for 2000. Hmm. But... You, I guess I had my price in my head I was like I'm not going to sell these unless they're at 300 again and they bypassed that 300 they went to 600 and I said I'm more than happy with that even though who he is and what he is I still kept like five of my absolute best condition ones that I could potentially grade but I've heard some horror stories about grading them especially now hearing people send what look perfect and they're getting PSA 4s and shit like that Um. See, I guess that those are a couple of examples. Then, like for example, Amadiallo. As soon as he does literally anything, I'm gonna start selling all my Amadiallo tops now. Right. Well, I think the 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 thing, key point you hit on there was that you had an idea. You have to have an idea of what you want to sell for. So I think that's that's a key that's a key point. So if you're always just looking to kind of like you want to sell with the market, um, and you don't know what your exit price is, um, then you're gonna be just in absolute like you're going to be so nervous all the time you're going to be like constantly checking it um, and you're not really you're going to be checking it but you're not really going to be you're not really going to know what you're checking it for do you know what I mean like so that's the thing if you can target like I'm waiting for this to go to 30 euro I'm waiting for this to go to 50 euro I'm waiting for this to go to 300 euro I'll, I'm happy enough to get my investment back if I sell two at 50 I'm happy enough to get my investment back if I sell one when it goes to 100 dollars whatever it is if you have your best case uh, worst case most likely case um done out in terms of prices that you're happy to exit at um, then it's easier because you just have to keep an eye on comps keep an eye on what's happening keep an eye on the news but you don't have to do any thinking beyond that you're just literally just tracking it and you've already done the work the hard part is when you don't know what it's worth and you're going like what should i want for this um yeah and that's where you have to try and limit your risk you don't want to be carrying too much of anything that you don't know where it might go. So basically, yeah. if you're not buying stuff as cheap as chips, then you need to be careful. If you're buying like 50 Ferran Torres's and you're paying essentially nothing for, you know, whatever, you're paying pennies on the dollar for them, then who cares? Like, you you know that you're always going to be up on that. But if you're buying yeah. something for 50, you need to know that you're going to be happy to sell it at 80. And if you're yeah. buying it at 50, thinking someday it's going to be worth this goes back to vintage if you're buying it at 20 you're buying it at 50 you're buying it at 100 you're buying it at 200 thinking someday this is going to be worth dollar signs dollar signs dollar signs dollar signs that's not really good enough it's not good enough to just buy things to say one day this will be worth wow <laughs> what will it be worth yeah, Hon- honestly what buying. will it be worth i think a lot of people don't have a plan when they're buying they just kind of buy and then they kind of go "Ooh, i have it like they're excited to buy it they buy it but they don't actually have the plan and without the plan, 
Like, your plan can't just be, I think this will go up. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Your plan needs to be a bit more than that. But yeah, no, it's not super complicated. But yeah, I think you hit on it. Like, you're only using your intuition. I think that's most of it. Your intuition. But your intuition has to be based on things. I think a lot of people that had Jude Bellingham cards, for example, mm-hmm. when he had his huge performance in the Champions League, they got a buzz that they had these cards and they're going up. But they're like, I don't want to sell them because he's so good and they're going up. But it's like, that's only good if you're like, I don't want to sell them because he's too good going up. I'm going to grade them or I'm going to sell them in a year or in two years. But yeah. A lot of people see him hit, I think, 80 euro a card. I don't think he hit the high, but let's just say 80 euro a card. Then three weeks later, it's down to 50. And now they're like, oh no. And they're selling it at 50, which means you weren't trying to hold him long term, which means when you've seen the peak, you got greedy almost thinking it's going to go up higher because you didn't have your exit. Mm, exactly. So that, that that's the buy with a plan and don't almost don't worry about where the price is going. Worry about where it's getting to the price you want it to go to. Yeah. And I think that's a good that's a good uh note to end that's on. It's a good end. Yeah. There we go. Um apologies to the people of Australia, of course. Uh, Barcelona people Barcelona. Jason got a bit confident before this weekend coming yeah I got a bit on my, up on my high horse um, apologies to that guy whose uh, Arsenal Futera collection I ruined um, apologies to the Ferran Torres man that just wanted a, a really really good deal on some Ferran Torres 365 yeah. stickers that I may never sell apologies to anybody who bought the 365 boxes and did or did not know about the Eastern European thing because I and apologies to um, everyone and apologies to eBay yeah and uh, we'll see you next week for episode 42 of Soccer Cards United. And don't forget, we've had a couple already. We're doing a new thing on the show where we say the intro, which is Soccer Cards United, the number one soccer card podcast in the world, produced by two guys who, you fill in the blank, you've got a few funny submissions already, so keep we sending do. those in. I love that. Jason, are you going to do just one of the one? Like, is it... Like, say I'm going to do week, a new one every week, and then I'm going to say okay. who is it going to be. Or who that was from X Y Z. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, we should we say about the new po- potential new postcards United little bit. I was gonna surprise them next week with it. Oh, okay, fine, all right. Or should we just? Nah, no, no, no. We left a different podcast on an ending like yeah, that. Yeah, no, it's not cool. Of, it's not cool yeah, to no, always do that. Cool. So We're we got some feedback that. to say that postcards United was kind of annoying because <laughs> Enzo was always reading the questions and I was a- I was answering them even the ones that I wasn't qualified to answer just because Enzo's asked the question out loud so there's only two of us here so I have to answer it um, <laughs> he's on the back foot I'm on the back foot so it's, it's my it's hard, job like, it's hard for me to be like John asked and then just start answering it so yeah so to answer that like, so it's a conversation um, yeah. so then I thought Enzo why don't some weeks I'll just ask the questions yeah, so we're, we're going to set up some infrastructure that Jason can see the questions. That means I'm not going to be opening them uh, the way I have been recently, which is literally all them questions I literally just seen as we started the podcast. Yeah. Um, I'll type them out. And yeah, it's going to be, we wanna, I think we it's going to be interesting. We want to provide the most value possible. And like, there are questions that I know we have, we have uh, not gotten everything out of because you've been distracted asking the question and then I'm answering and I'm struggling to think of the Mbappe select or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And like that, that's it like we are gearing up to a term i like to use which is soccer cards united 2.0 like that's we're crazy busy at the minute but things are about to kind of like pick up down the line and that's exciting and i think yeah infrastructural changes are needed and jason it's something to be excited about even though at the minute our heads are just about above water yeah i mean really appreciate everybody sticking with us and uh we'll see you on thursday for the main show
Have a great week, everybody. See you.